Good evening. Um, may I invite you to open your Bibles, and uh, I request everyone to please rise as we look um, on Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14, beginning from verse 19 to 20. Exodus chapter 14. So we will read this all together, starting from verse 19. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went before, behind them. And the pillar of cloud went before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud of darkness to them, but gave light by night to these so that the one came not near to other all the night. Let us pray. Father, we would like to commit to you this, this uh, time we have as we ponder upon your word. Lord, I pray that you would give us wisdom and help us, Lord, to understand uh, by the enablement of the Holy Spirit. Lord, give us grace as we see who you are in this passage. And help us, Lord, to live according to your word. Lord, I pray that you would bless our service and our prayer meeting for this evening. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I will going to speak uh, about the subject in the presence of God. Now, we know that um, if I will ask you individually, about the omniscience of God, you will agree to me 100% that God is everywhere. But in times when this reality or this truth will be tested, that's the, that's the moment when we doubt the presence of God in our lives. Now, in the passage that we have read, when the children of Israel left the place of their bondage, we know that is Egypt, he gave, God gave them a visible token of his presence and leadership. And we know that is the pillar of, of fire during the day and uh, during the night and pil pillar of cloud during the day. Okay, we know that um, when they march through the wilderness during the day, they see God through this visible token in a pillar of cloud. And they would go through the wilderness, they would see God through the pillar of fire during the night. They witnessed, they actually witnessed a glimpse of God's Shekinah glory. And it was a supernatural experience that they had. Wherever it moved, the people followed. So this is an example, a manifestation of God's companionship to them, that they might not be alone during this travel, this journey, and they will not go astray. It appears that when you read the, the book of Exodus, 
God placed it as an abiding token. It's not just temporary to them, so, um, but it is abiding token even when they disobeyed God. So you can see the records in the book of Exodus and even in the, in, during their travels, there are lots of disobedience, lots of rebellion that happened, lots of disbelief to the one, to the true and living God. But still God did not abandon them. They can, really, they can really see that God is with them. He guided them throughout their 40 years journey in the wilderness. Now the Bible says, He took not away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. If you read that in Exodus chapter 13, verse 22. Now, I would like you to, to encourage uh, to you this evening that God is always, remember that God is always with those who are with Him. Because He always says, and He promised in His word, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So I want you to look on, in considering God's abiding presence in His people, I will call your attention to the fact that first, God's presence was removed mysteriously. If you try to look on that verse, verse 19, it says there, And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed, removed. So at this very moment, God's people lost that visible token. You know, we, we know it already when, when, they, when they're traveling, they always see this pillar of cloud. They always, uh, during the night, they always see this pillar of fire. And this, in this passage that we have read, it was mysteriously removed. God's people lost that visible manifestation of God's presence, and it was mysteriously. And it was like mysterious to them. And what happened to that guide? What happened to that token of God's presence? And especially from the day when they entered upon the desert, they saw that symbol of God's presence. Um, but suddenly it rolled about and left the people's minds clouded because the glory of God departed. They that looked forward saw it no more. They looked for the pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire as their guide, and behold, that guidance was gone. It was God removed it, and it's mysteriously happened during the time. God's presence was needed during the time when the children of Israel were on their way out of Egypt. How else could they possibly escape? Because when they looked on their situation, Pharaoh was actually behind them. Remember the story, right? Behind them with all the horsemen of Egypt. They were like hungry predators, eager for the prey. They could hear the shout of the armies, or even probably they could hear the, 
neighing of horses. Before them was the Red Sea. So you see their condition? They are there. Behind them was the great army of the Egyptian. Before them was the vast okay, Red Sea. And when they looked on their both sides, where they are, they saw the wilderness. There's no way out. They must have looked anxiously for the symbol of God's presence. And when they needed the most, God was not there. Okay, all of us have experienced walking, walking day after day in the light of God's countenance. And you've in that place when, when we enjoy the fellowship of Jesus Christ. And suddenly it seems as if God vanished from our lives. Perhaps you have fallen into a temporal or a lifetime trouble and you feel that God's promises failed you. Like, for example, if you've been diagnosed with a severe sickness, when, when you've experienced a financial downfall, of your experience a great trials in your life, that when God, when you need the most, when God, when you need God the most, he was not there. It feels like he was not there. Perhaps you have fallen into sin. For, long, for a long time, you haven't felt the presence of God anymore in your life. Because there are lots of people, actually, they felt like God abandoned them because they have sinned, uh, sinned in, in their lives. And it's hard for them to, to accept the fact that, I, I don't know about uh, their thinking, but they hard to accept the fact that God is still waiting for them to come back. Can God abandon his children during the trials and troubles? If we ask ourselves, can really God abandon his children during trials and troubles? Can God leave us? Can God leave us in a miry clay of sin and will not pardon us? Of course, it's a rhetorical question. Certainly not, because we are his children. We are his children. So you can see in this time, when the, Isra when the Israelites faced in this difficult situation, the glory of God and the divine presence of God for them, it was mysteriously removed. And that's what we felt sometimes in our life, or most of the time. But not only you can see here that God's presence was mysteriously removed later on in the passage that we, we, we read, that in number two, God's presence was wisely revealed. God did not abandon them totally. You see in the verse, and the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed, and what happened next? And went behind them, and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before the face, from before their face, and stood behind them. 
and stood behind them. Now the presence of God, which had guided them on the front, was removed and become the visible and become visible behind them. Probably they did not expect it to happen. I don't know what happened. And this was, but when you look into that verse, that is a wise thing. That is a wise thing. God wisely revealed himself behind because they didn't need, during the time, they did not need the guide anymore. God, God became their divine protector. Not only God can lead them out of Egypt, but he can also protect them. And that is a wise thing. Right? We sometimes, we sometimes you know, doubt or even troubled because of God's dealings always. But sometimes God changes his position so that he can work his way. God removed his presence in front of them as their guide so that he can be their shield. Isn't that something amazing? The guidance becomes their protector. God changed his dealing from a director to their protector. He became their rearward. He became their rearward. A rearward is a position in the back. So God knew that during that time, they, they didn't need a guide. For God purposely lead, led them to the Red Sea so that they will learn that God was not only their divine guide, but also their divine protector. I know that there were times in our lives that when we do not see the hand of God working, but it, it, it does not mean that he has forgotten us. It always, we always know that. But sometimes when we put our faith, that faith into test, we sometimes doubt. Our Lord stands with us with, all the time. You may not see anything in front of you to make you glad, but our living God stands behind you to protect you from your adversary. Look at an Isaiah. Please open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 49, verse 15. Isaiah 49, verse 15. Can a woman forget her suck, sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb. Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. This is the amazing uh, um, words from God that even, you know, mothers can, there's a great display there of love to her child. But even then, there are times that mothers abandon their children. But we know that God cannot do that. God cannot do that. 
God wisely revealed himself not only as their divine protector, but also God wisely revealed himself behind. It is actually to test their faith, to test their faith. For the going down into the Red Sea was intended to be an act of lofty faith. How can you go through the Red Sea? Humanly speaking, impossible. I know there's a lot of modern scholars who say, oh, it's like just a low, shallow, um, uh, what is that, bodies of water. But no, that is Red Sea. And for them to, and, and even if you see the preceding verses, it says, he said to Moses, speak it to the children of Israel to go forward. Because an act of that will reveal how much faith they have in, in God. The more, you've noticed, the more visible that's um, the more visible that symbol, the less faith they can have. Faith performs her greatest strength in dark situations. When you, you, when, especially if, for example, if you have everything, and that's why I, I, I thank the Lord, or I don't know, it's, it's um, you thank the Lord of what you have right now. And that's why we, are, sh we should be content on what we have. Because if we have many, that faith is not like really acting well. And even, and also in our dark situation, that's where the faith performs at its greatest. Moses lifting his rod and the waters rolling apart to make them pa a passageway with no symbol of God's divine presence in front of them. They march into the heart of Red Sea. I know there are Christians who want to be always, you know, cuddled. Uh, you would always say, and, um, like weak babies. They have been in, in the church probably for more than year, for more than 10 years, 15 years, th uh, 20 years, 30 years, but still babes in Christ because they want that. They want to live their Christian life with sweet, sweet meats and be willed with the spiritual baby carriage all the way to heaven. However, our Heavenly Father is not like that. He will not do that uh, throughout our life because God wants us to grow. That's His will, to grow in a spiritual life. He wants us to grow in our faith. That's why when there is always testing, that's why uh, there's always testing in our faith, that faith performs at his best. He will take visible guides away so that we can exercise our faith in him. Look at in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. I know Pastor White is doing serious on this and he talked about 
uh, this verse also. In verse 6, But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. A few years ago, a Christian song uh, writer spoke of our need to trust God in, in the dark. A song was entitled, Trust His Heart. And the chorus says, God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind. So when you don't understand, when you don't see His plan, when you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. Trust his heart. And number three, not only when you see that God's presence was mysteriously removed, he also revealed it to them wisely. But also I want to speak on the third God's presence was manifested in two ways, especially if you read verse 20 of our text. It says therein, it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud, a cloud in a darkness to them, but it was light by night through this, so that the one came not near and the other all the night. Now, according to that text, the presence that God, the, the presence that gave light in the camp of Israel is the same presence that darkened all the camp of the Egyptian. You see now how the effect of the presence of God to the unbelievers, and you see how the effect of God's presence to his people. They could see nothing from the dark side of God. They could see nothing for the dark side of God was upon them, was upon the Egyptians' army. For us Christians, the thought of God is the joy in our lives. And I hope that's, that's who you are. When you think of God, when you, when you do his work, when you serve him, it is your joy. It is our light. He is our light. But unto the ungodly, nothing would be such good news as to hear that there is no God. Because the, as the psalmist as the would say, the fool said into his heart, there is no God. And there are lots of people who are trying to argue and even to, and even to um, uh, quarrel, and, okay, to argue with you that there is no God. They would have this lots of evidences to you that there is no God. But they cannot escape the reality that God exists. God exists. God has a dark side to the sinners. Remember that. His justice and His righteousness, which are the comfort of His people, are the despair of the wicked. 
Now let us look at the gospel itself. Why are there many people that sit you know, every Sunday or even here, hear the gospel and have no idea what the gospel really is? I suggest to you that probably they are like the ancient Egyptians. They, would, they did not come yet into the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now let us read 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm sorry, at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning from verse 3 down to verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 to 4. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So I've noticed that there are people who cannot understand the gospel. Why? Because the text would say that the God of this world will hinder people to come into the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But it will not stop us. It will not stop us. But if you are, if you're one of His, so you see, if, if you're not one of His, it's like what I'm telling here right now is like, you know, the letters are dancing, something like that or it's vague to you. But if you're one of his, you will not argue anymore. And you will shout, Amen. Right? Because God's presence is here. And we rejoice in it. When we, when we know that God is in us, and he's with us, it's our joy. It's our joy. Now, it's some, if someone here tonight that has n no relationship, if you're thinking of no whatsoever what I'm talking about, no relationship with Jesus Christ, meaning you did not repent of your sins and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says, He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth in him. Do you see the dark side of God in the sinners? God's wrath abideth to those who are not His. The reason why God delays His return and judgment is because the Bible says, the Lord is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that's why we are, with that message, God gave us the responsibility. God gave us that duty, an opportunity that we have this treasure in an earthen vessel that we have to proclaim to others who Jesus Christ is. Now, in closing, do you remember the story on the first Kings chapter 6? When Elisha, when the king of Assyria, uh, when the king of Syria 
brought his host, his grace, his great host, he gave to Elisha with his horsemen and chariots. You know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. And Elisha came out and his young servant. And his young servant was really afraid because he saw that the host of Syrian army, like they are really surrounded. But in verse 16, it says, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed. And God opened the eyes of this young man. And he saw the army that compassed about. God is ready to defend, to be his divine protector. That's how God sometimes to us. In times when you see that God is not there, you know, in the difficult situation, if you cannot see God is guiding you, all you have to do is to look back. Look back. Because he is fighting for you. Also look back. Because he has done so much things in your life. And with that time, you will see that God is your rearward. Uh, in closing, I'll be reading a familiar poem, Footprints in the Sand. It says, one night I dreamed a dream. I was walking along the beach with the Lord. Across the dark sky flashed scene, scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. After the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. I noticed that at many times along the path of my life, especially at the very lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me, so I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, you'd walked with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why. When I needed you the most, you would leave me. He whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you. Never ever during your trials and testings, when you saw on only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. So you see, I know that there are lots of things that happened in our life, probably the loss of your uh, um, family member, you have struggle of your family. That's a great problem. And it feels like there's no hope. It feels like God is not there. 
but always look back because God is there. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Let us pray.